These words again from Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 7. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of His power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. The longer that I'm a Christian and the more I study the depths of of these scriptures, the more I find that there are things and realms and, and mysteries that I never before knew existed. And yes, sometimes when I begin to speak of these newly discovered possibilities, I encounter blank stares and, and sometimes even strong skepticism uh, from my listeners. But may I say again, one of the joys of our studying through the Bible as we do each Sunday, that of taking each verse as it comes in its order, I am compelled to go ahead then and examine each matter that God has placed in front of us. And here today, we have encountered one of those somewhat odd statements about God and about His kingdom that bears our further study. Here we read the words. Let me read them again. I'll begin in verse 8 this time. Go through verse 10. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Now may I ask, what could God possibly mean with these words here in verse 10. Who are rulers and authorities in the heavenly places? And what is the manifold wisdom that God is making known to them through things that are taking place in your life and in my life? And let me emphasize that it is your life and my life. Not someone else's. Yes, yes them. Yes, the church. But also... In particular, you're in my life. Because we are the ones that have to deal with these scriptures and what God would have for us. It is, from these words, it's as if the events of our daily life are on display. And our responses to those events are being observed by others as we go about all the matters of our day, and as we work out this salvation that God has worked into our souls. Is that what is taking place? 
Is that what God means with these few obscure words here in verse 10? So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I confess to you that I am often fascinated by the things of God that he keeps cloaked within a special mystery. And this is one of those especially fascinating mysteries. Here it would seem that God has given you and me, the church, the body of believers on the earth, the special opportunity of ministering back to the angels in heaven. That is truly an odd thought, and it's beyond our ordinary comprehension. But again, God has placed these words right here in front of us today, and he's done it for a purpose, and so we dare not skip on through them without taking time to see what God intends for us within them. As believers, we know that there really is an invisible realm all around us where the angels and the demons live. And out there also is that great cloud of witnesses. And we know that they do things, especially the angels and the demons. These scriptures are just filled with mention of their involvement in our lives. Demons tempting us. Angels ministering to our needs. Angels, the good ones, are mentioned over 300 times in these scriptures. And they all have purposes. And those purposes have much to do with people, with you and me, the residents of this visible realm. Listen to these words. These are from Hebrews 1, verses 13 and 14. And to which of the angels has he, God, ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? You and me. Now this is a strange thought indeed. And, and such words as these are not always well received by the human mind. Even the mind of many who would call themselves born-again Christians. The thought that there are other beings all around us every day involved in all of the things that we do is an eerie thought. And perhaps even ominous to some other sensibilities. However, to many, many other people, me included, there is a special comfort in knowing that we really do have angels round about us ministering to our needs, especially in those times of crisis. Folks, over the years of my being a Christian, I have become more and more aware of the presence of help coming to me in ways that are not explainable to the human mind. Words to say at the appropriate moment. Physical assistance with struggles that are too difficult for my own ability to handle at the moment. I think I just finished building a wood shop. I do not know how to build a wood shop, but I built one.
I do not know how to put shingles on a roof and stay alive without falling off of that roof. I prayed a lot during that adventure. And I'm all right today. Help. Help coming from somewhere, but not my own hands. Somehow my mind and my hands knew what to do. Yes, I had advice from other people, but not in the moment-by-moment transactions of those days. Help came to me. That's unexplainable. Other things, too. You cannot imagine how many times I've avoided accidents, especially in my car, and not have the slightest understanding of how I avoided that accident. Again, help that is completely unexplainable to our human minds. And yes, I have thanked the Lord for my good fortune in those moments and all the moments in years past. But now, the more I read these scriptures, the more that I know for sure that it really was God. It really was God actually using, listen, using rulers and authorities. Those good angels to carry out the actual help that I received. Remember the verse that I just quoted here just a a few moments ago from Hebrews chapter 1? Are they not ministering spirits sent to minister to those who have salvation? They're at my right hand to help me. Now why does God do it this way? Why does he do it this way instead of him just simply doing it himself? Because, you know, you'll remember that he simply spoke. And all of existence came into being. Why didn't he just speak? Why does he do it this way? And I really don't know. But as I observe what takes place... Here in this visible realm, He has given you and me the responsibility of caring for and giving help to the people around us. He could do it Himself, but He's given you and me the responsibility of giving help to the people around us. And especially, especially the giving of the gospel to every creature. So then, with that being true, within that invisible realm, He has entrusted all sorts of tasks and responsibilities to His holy angels. And so with that kind of rationale, it then can become more understandable. And again, yes, God could just simply speak and He could care for people and help them in their lives. He could actually speak the gospel right into their minds. And I thought, you know, in doing that, he could actually then reach the remotest person in the remotest jungles. But he wants to do it this way. 
in this visible realm and also in that invisible realm. So then God has chosen His holy angels then to carry out these plans and purposes that He has. Think back. These scriptures speak of Him doing it with Gabriel. Gabriel came to Mary and Joseph and He said to them that the Savior will be born in you, Mary. Over in the book of Revelation, you'll read where letters were sent to the angels of the seven churches. Those angels then were to tell the people in the churches the things of God. Some angels came to visit Abraham one time. Said, Abraham, we're going to go down there and we're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because sin has so infested it. And those same angels then saved Lot and his two daughters from destruction. I quoted some verses from the book of Zechariah a week or two ago about angels interacting with some of the leaders who had come back from exile in Babylon. Let me read that for you. This is in Zechariah chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. And then in verse 6 of Zechariah 3, And the angel of the Lord solemnly assured Joshua, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways and keep my charge, then you shall rule my house and have charge of my courts, and I will give you the right of access among those who are standing here. Angels interacting with people. Now here the angel of the Lord is clearly speaking the words of God as if God were speaking those words Himself. But God is using this angel to speak and to do. And here also, you'll note that we were given the particular reason why the angel was intervening. It was because Satan was standing there accusing this high priest, Joshua. And so the angel was there to defend Joshua. And folks, I'm convinced that this sort of intervention is taking place every moment all throughout the invisible realms Satan or some other demon is accusing people, accusing you and me, perhaps even right now. But our angel is right there defending us. Do you not know that these children's angels stand before the face of God? Jesus said that. That's a comfort. But we have our angel defending us. So then, simply put, there are two realms, two realms that are spoken about in these scriptures. The visible one that you and I can see, and then the invisible realm. It's all around us. 
where the angels and the demons and that great cloud of witnesses, those saints of old, live. Both are real. One is absolutely real as the other. And these scriptures tell us so. And just because we can't see that other realm does not make it any less real. And why God does it that way, we can't know for sure. We can just trust that it's part of His inexpressible wisdom. And He speaks about it right here. Let me read these words again for us. Verse 10 of Ephesians 3. So that through the church, through you and me, the body of believers throughout the earth, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. Now, so far, I have been speaking much about the angels' intervention with us, them giving us aid, as we spoke about here from Hebrews 1. Are they not ministering spirits sent to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation? They're ministering to us. And that is their purpose. But apparently, from these words of Ephesians 3.10, we, you and I, have something then to show back to them, to minister back to them. And we're being called to do that. There is a purpose that we, the church, the body of believers here on the earth, have to carry out in a ministry back to the angels. Have, has that thought ever passed your mind before? I confess. It has not passed through mine very much until I started studying these words. But God is calling you and me to minister back to them. Again, those words. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We, the visible church, are part of God's plan to demonstrate His manifold wisdom to the angels. Again, these particular rulers and authorities seem to be mostly those angels who are good angels. But there are also myriads of bad angels, fallen angels, demons that are also observing all that is taking place because they're out there in that invisible realm also. Now, how much they actually accept the wisdom that's being demonstrated to them into the minds of these demons, we can't know. But they are witnessing our behavior and our responses right along with those good angels. Why is God doing this special thing, that of making His manifold manifold? Wisdom known to the angels, those rulers and authorities. It's because no matter how knowledgeable and how informed those rulers and authorities might be, Michael, the archangel, he knows so much more than we could ever imagine, but he does not know all of the plans and the purposes of God. God has wisdom beyond anything even the highest of angels could ever think or imagine. In the Believer's Bible Commentary, 
William MacDonald contemplates uh, uh, these uh, rulers and authorities, and he explains as they observe the church, you and me, he says, the angels are compelled, listen, the angels are compelled to admire God's unsearchable judgments and marvel at his ways past finding out this manifold wisdom. They see how God has triumphed over sin to his own glory. They see how he has sent heaven's best for earth's worst. They see how he has redeemed his enemies at enormous cost. While we were enemies to God, he saved us. They see how he has redeemed his enemies at enormous cost, conquered them by love, and prepared them as a bride for his son. They see how he has blessed them with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. And they see that through the work of the Lord Jesus on the cross, more glory has come to God and more blessing has come to believing to the believing Jews and Gentiles than if sin had never been allowed to enter in. God has been vindicated. Christ has been exalted. Satan has been defeated. And the church has been enthroned in Christ to share his glory. Folks, wisdom. Wisdom is so very important to God. And he really wants men and angels to have great wisdom. Not the corrupt kind of wisdom that comes from man, but God's own pure and holy wisdom. He tells us in James 1, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now another commentator, Stephen Cole, has concluded that God is holy and just, and he will minister his wisdom to all both the good angels and to the fallen angels, so that they all will be able to fully understand and be without excuse. He goes on to say that the fallen angels thought that they had triumphed at the cross, but God displayed His wisdom by using that very means, the cross, to gain ultimate and final victory. As for the holy angels, through the cross they can see the great and wonderful manifestation of the glory of God. The Puritan Jonathan Edwards points out that the happiness of angels as well as of people consists very much in seeing the glory of God. And he says perhaps all God's attributes are more gloriously manifested in this work than in any other that ever the angels saw. As those angels look at what takes place within us, within this body of Christ, within our marriages, within our relationships. John Piper says, we don't usually hit targets that we aren't aiming at. And the target for the church is to demonstrate to the evil powers of the cosmos that God has been wise in sending His Son to die that we might have hope and might be unified in one body, the church. Therefore, when we fail, listen, therefore, when we fail to live in hope and to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, we send a wrong signal throughout the galaxies to all those rulers and authorities. Again, the all-important 
encouragement that Paul is giving to you and me here is for us to elevate our understanding of the importance of the church within God's eternal purposes. And he wants us and our fellow believers to understand what a great privilege it is that God has chosen us, the church, you and me, to minister back to the angels. A rare privilege. Folks, our daily life really does count for so much. More than we can imagine. We are witnesses. No matter how we behave, we are witnesses. And here God is elevating our witness to not only being a witness to the people around us, but we are also constant witness to the angels who are watching us. And God wants our witness to be one that demonstrates His manifold wisdom, His honor, and His glory. Listen as I close Ephesians 3.10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Praise be to God. Let's pray.